Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. Get it on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Uh, get it on any kind of podcatcher if you've got a droid phone. Or go to pulphockey.com, old school way. You can listen on that as well. The number two, UNDR, the best men's underwear out there. Uh, a lot of NHLers run it as well as some Major League Baseball players, some golfers. Uh, please check them out. Use the code Ferraro20 when you check out at two under, the number two UNDR, and uh, save with two under. And we uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Please review the show on iTunes or Stitcher and uh, leave us a, leave us a mark. Let us know what you think. And we really appreciate it. Some great feedback from you guys. Follow us at Twitter, at uh, Paul Pocky, or, of course, uh, Ferraro. You, you guys all follow him anyway. So, all right, let's, uh, let's get right into it. This is first round of playoffs are over. And uh, on the line, over 400 goals. 1,200 games, incredible career. Now the lead analyst for TSN and as well as NBC Sports Games, uh, Ray Farrar. What's up, Ray? I am back home, Steve, finally after uh, a jaunt across the first round, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, come to think of it, I did seven games uh, for NBC Sports and didn't watch one bad game. Yeah. Yeah, there good, was, there was not one. I, this, I think this first round, I, I'm sure there's been another round that's been as good. Yeah. Or, But 18 overtime games, um, me and you were talking last week and, and uh, saying, like, the first round and the finals are the best mm-hmm. of, of yep. the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think we just saw why with the first round. Before the series started – all the series started. We were saying, like, the only series I can't build a case for a team winning is Toronto. And then five games go to overtime. <laughs> right, yep. You know, so it, it was an awesome first round. I'm home for, uh, for a week, and then next Tuesday I go to Paris and uh, Cologne, Germany, for the uh, World Hockey Championships. Um, so we're over there for a few weeks. How many games are in Paris and how many are in Cologne? How does that work? I don't know, 1,000 in Paris and 500 in Cologne, I'm not really sure. Um, actually, what happens is the, um, they're broken up into two pools. Okay. Um, and they just call them Pool A and Pool B. There's a, and they, the pools are determined by the way the teams finished last year. Yep. At the, at the, and their world hockey rankings. So we're in Paris because that's where Canada starts. Mm-hmm. And the, so our preliminary games are in Paris, and then... When they get to the crossover games, um, some teams stay in their respect, yep. like the, the top seed, yep. will stay in their respective city. They don't have to travel. And then the quarterfinals, the semis, and the finals are in Cologne. Okay. All right. Should be interesting. So it's a, I mean, I've done, uh, I don't know, I was in Prague, in St. Petersburg, um, and uh, Vienna, uh-huh. and they've been. So it's my fourth one. They've they've all been outstanding tournaments. They're, you know, they. I know they they don't have the cachet of the Olympics or anything. They don't. Not all of the best players are there, but it's really cool to see what the European fans do and think of the World Championships. Like they're, yeah. It's fun. It's like a soccer atmosphere. They're they're like in Prague. They had this chant. They do. And basically, it says, it, you know, it's in it's in Czech the the chant, and it basically said, if you're not jumping, you're not Czech. So the whole stadium, the people are jumping up and down for <laughs> like for long stretches of time. Like you feel the building move. Jeez. Then we'd get in the subway to go home, and these guys that have had seventy two beers, they're doing it on the subway. <laughs> Like it was, it was crazy. It was so fun. You know, and so that's where I'm going, and then I yeah. come back. I guess probably 
mid-third round, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then uh, for TSN, we'll do the finals, uh, or, like for Sports Center and stuff. Yeah, you guys have a, you Are you in the arena? Are you set up in the desk and you, uh, you do that? Yeah, we'll be, I don't know exactly where we are because yeah. it all depends um, on what space there is in the arena. Some rinks are smaller. Uh, we prefer, of course, to be in the rink. Um, oh, the politics, you know, Rogers gets, hey, the politics. Rogers gets first yeah. crack at it. And then, you know, NBC has their studio, of course. Yep. And then after that, you know, we, we all kind of look around for the space. And <laughs> I don't know how it gets worked out. They just tell us where to go. Yeah, a lot of politics involved in that, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Everybody gets along so well. Hey, in, uh, at the European races I go to, dirt bike races I go to, the big thing is taking the blade off the chainsaw and bringing the chainsaw into the arena. Awesome. Do you have that or no? Do you see that in no, Okay. We don't have yes. That. yes, we have no lawyers in Europe, right? Nobody cares. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they bring chainsaws without the blade and they let that thing go. And it is loud and they, they have chainsaws all day long. It is. Um, so now, one thing that I don't know why we don't have them here. I'm what, not really chainsaws sure, without blades? No, no. <laughs> um, beer gardens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm sure they have them at the races. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, the World Championship beer gardens, you can hear them from three blocks away. <laughs> and usually the Latvians are in there. Right. Sometimes they don't even have a team there. And, like, these, it, what's so cool about this, when I say about what it means to them, is, so last year Hungary made the World Championship, I think for the first time since the 20s. Wow. Okay. There were people that traveled. I, I don't want to guess the number because I'll get it wrong, but there were people that traveled that paid the equivalent of a year's salary Jeez. to come and watch their team. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end of the game, you know, the winning team, they always play the national anthem. Yep. Once the anthem's finished, everybody leaves the ice. Well, the players from Hungary would go down to their cheering section, mm-hmm. and their fans would sing the anthem to them. Win or lose. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it was amazing. And That's cool. And you couldn't help but be kind of caught up in it. Yeah. So now the IIHF is saying, no, you guys have lost. You've got to get off the ice. And they're like, they're, they're basically, they said, hey, look, we haven't been in the tournament since the 20s. Yeah. We're going to stand out here. <laughs> and, so they, and then they won a game. And so we said on the air, it's the first time I've heard the anthem with music. <laughs> because it was just these, you know, whatever, hundreds of people singing yeah. the anthem singing before. The anthem. It was awesome. Do you, how tough is it to go over to these places and follow the, the NHL playoffs? I mean, you're calling games, sometimes three a day, you've told me. Yeah, which, um, is, which i got to tell you is too many, but that's okay. the way it is. <laughs> right. Um, and then, and then you've got to recap what's going on in the NHL. You know, um, obviously, you just want to know what's going on anyways. But, yeah. um, how, well, the, how, the, the biggest problem is it, it's, it's actually easy to watch the games because they're on in the middle of the night. Right. But eventually, you have to sleep. Yes. And so... I, I think what I end up doing usually is I, I cherry-pick the games that I think are going to be the best, mm-hmm. and I just watch them online. And um, it, you know, that's yep. how I stay connected to it. Yep. Every day I get up on, on TSN, they've got all the highlights, like the long highlight packs. And so you can watch six-minute highlights of, of the previous night's games. And so that helps you stay in touch. Yep. And, uh, and, of course, I'm interested, so yeah. I'm... Yeah. I'm following, but there is, there is a couple, like the, there is just so much less pressure for us to, you know, doing the yeah. games. The, the toughest part is learning the names yeah. and, um, and learning where all these guys came from. The, the first week of the tournament is pretty intensive work. Yep. So Hungary had the, but you always get the couple of things that make a giggle like a 14 year old. <laughs> right, so right. there's Hungary had this player and he's actually their, one of their better defensemen and his last name's Stipschitz. <laughs> so Gord's like Gord Miller is saying like okay I gotta I gotta yeah, find is... it so he goes and asks the fans and, and he goes he'd point to their name and he'd go steep sheets and they'd go no no steep sheets <laughs> then he asks the manager he's like steep sheets and he's like he's trying to get it to be steep sheets <laughs> right, right. but they're like no steep sheets so <laughs> steep every sheets. time he would say his name I'd giggle like a little kid yeah yeah <laughs> and so the one thing I could never get him to do though was there's a guy, um, well, he plays in Carolina now, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, yeah. And so he's a terrific young forward for Carolina. There's a defenseman from Finland, no, from Sweden, rather, from Sweden. Mm-hmm. His name's Sebastian Ajo. So there's a Sebastian Ajo, the forward from, yep, Finland, from Finland, and Sebastian Ajo, the defenseman from Sweden. 
So I wanted Gord to say, but he just wouldn't do it, whenever they were fighting for a puck in the corner, say there's a couple of ahos battling for a puck in the corner. <laughs> and he's like, I just, can't do that. I'm like, why it. not? It's uh, factual. Yeah, Gord. Oh, you know, awesome. so... I, I guess I look at the tournament a little different, but it's fun to do. And um, and then we get back for the next best round of the playoffs, which are the finals. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it should be interesting. Um, all right, so we'll, I want to talk to you a little bit about the series going on, uh, but the series had just wrapped up. Uh, go through the teams that lost a little bit. So, gee, where are we starting? You know what? Five games in overtime. Uh, they, they're out in six and Ray, I think you said five or six when we did a preview. Um, I said five, I am, I'm perfectly fine with this first round loss. I really am. People are like, I'm giving these tweets and these texts about, you know, even my motocross buddies that don't know anything about hockey, like they kind of got behind it and they're like, ah, your team sucks. And I can't get this. I'm sure I'd like them to win. They could have won the series. The future is bright. This was a, this was a fun series to watch and the better team won. But you were there. Yeah, I don't think there's. Yeah. I don't think there's anything that anyone looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs can come up with and find a, a negative slant on it. Well, actually, the only thing I could give a negative slant on this Maple Leaf season, and I'm and I'm being serious here, mm-hmm. is I think the Leafs do the game a disservice by not allowing their first year players to have any interaction with the media. Because these are the young stars of the game. And you mean to tell me Austin Matthews can't do a walk-off interview after a period? Yeah. Or Mitch Marner can't do a pregame interview and warm-up? They're farting around in warm-up anyway. Yeah. And I think the Leafs, um, this comes from, from Lou Lamorello all the way down, I know they're trying to protect these kids in a, a really intensive market, but I think the league, I think the league either has no courage or no sway and they let the Leafs dictate this process. They they do they don't do the league, and there's that and these young players they don't do them any any benefit. It only grows the game. It only wouldn't you like to know a little bit more about yeah. Austin Matthews' personality? Yeah, like I can tell you he's a terrific kid. I've talked to him several times. I really like him. He's got a good sense of humor. He's, but you never see that. No, no. And Mitch Marner, he's like. He's always kind of stirring the pot. He's always got something to say. And he's a really energetic kid. But people don't know that. Well, what's wrong with knowing that? Other players do it across the league. Like, were you not entertained this year with Patrick Laine? Yeah. Yep. And part of it is what he says. Yeah. Nobody thinks anything worse of him. He's not distracted by sitting there for five minutes and doing a over the boards. It's five minutes, two minutes, doing an <laughs> yeah, over the yeah. board interview. Yeah, like any of that's, that's the only negative I can come up with because they hit every other mark. And the, and the Leafs and their fans should be pumped about the way their team played this year, the way they grew, the way they mm-hmm. played this series. And the better team won, and they should enjoy it this summer because there's no guarantee that next year is going to be better. Because most second-year players have a dip, right? There's always yep. that sophomore... Yep. Yep, all that you yeah. hit a little bit. Now, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be different than every other second-year player, but maybe they won't. And maybe of the six of them that played 70 games, maybe three of them will take a half a step back, not a full step, yeah. just a yeah. little bit back. And you've got to think that the, the teams that, like, I've got to think Florida is going to be a little better mm-hmm. next year. That means they're going to take points from somebody. Yep. Right. I, I don't know who, but they're going to take points from somebody. I think Carolina will be better. They're going to take points from somebody. So there's no guarantee mm-hmm. that the Leafs are on this 10-year straight upward climb. But what there is is hope and real promise for their team. I was stoked uh, in game two or three when they said, hey, Carl Alsner is out. I'm like, that's good. That's real good. Um, yep. But it didn't really – didn't really help the Leafs at all. Like this, I thought, you know, hey, Alzner's pretty good. Um, you know, looking at him for for easy UFA. Uh, I always liked his game. The little I watched, but um, it seemed like they were able to overcome that. The Caps, no problem. Well, here's here's what depth is, right? So the and who has it and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. So the Leafs lose Roman Polak, mm-hmm. and you know, a guy that had been um, shredded a lot in the media. Yeah. Um, you know, his analytics suck, and they're, 
They don't, you know, they don't like the way he plays. He doesn't move the puck well. Whatever you don't yeah, like about right. him. He gets hurt. Martin Marincin is in. And if Roman Polak was in, maybe he's standing beside uh, Johansson or Johansson beside the net. Yeah. And the overtime and, goal doesn't go in. And uh, Roman Polak is a very hard player to play against. He's not yeah, letting so, you. <laughs> so my point being, right. their depth became Martin Marincin. Mm-hmm. The Capitals had Nate Schmidt. I thought in game six, Nate Schmidt and John Carlson were by far the Caps' best players on the blue line. Like, they, Schmidt can skate. He's not scared to mm-hmm. make a play. Um, he's almost a little reckless in the way he plays. I really like him. And so Carl Alsner doesn't, is 180 degrees from that. Safe. Yeah. Yep. He, doesn't, you know, he doesn't go up the ice very much. Um, I think if Alsner's ready to play, the Capitals are going to have a real decision because I think they need Nate Schmidt in the lineup. And so that means, do you take Brooks Orpik out? Who looked slow. He did look slow. He looked slow. Like, I was pumped. I when, mean, maybe yeah. they'll play seven defensemen, too. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really like that. Right. Um, I, I would, if I'm Washington, I would keep Schmidt um, in, the, in the lineup. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good – how was it being there in that game in, at, in Toronto, man? How was that? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought Toronto was going to win. About halfway through, you could sense, mm-hmm. and I could hear, because I'm standing right there, the frustration on the Capitals bench. Oh, yeah. Um, like, they hadn't, they hadn't scored. They weren't really carrying the play. They weren't, Toronto wasn't carrying the play either. But you, I could sense, yeah. like, a frustration of, man, these guys are like... Did you ever see the movie um, uh, Rounders? Yeah. yeah. So when Teddy KGB is playing uh, Matt Damon, and, and he's like... Yeah. And, and Damon keeps folding his hand. Yeah. And he goes, hanging around. Yeah, hanging, hanging around. around. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what the Leafs were doing to them. Like, the, the Capitals were, were Teddy KGB, and the Leafs were Matt Damon. Yeah. And they just kept hanging there. And you know, the longer it goes, man, what if there's a break while the puck hits the glass, comes out, and Matthew scores? Mm-hmm. Now they're like, damn, if we don't, man, we might have to go back for game seven. Love that but extension. It, it, it should have gone to overtime in my mind because the Leafs got a really lucky bounce, mm-hmm. and then the Capitals got a lucky bounce. Yeah, and the goals, you know, so it's one-one, and you go to overtime. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, five games and, and in overtime, and, and w- that's crazy. So, you know, yeah, the better team won. I, I, I like the, uh, the Ovechkin Kadri. How how ba- how good was that? They were going at each other, and the bench was. How strong is is Ovechkin? He he lifts Kadri off the ice. <laughs> yeah, like you're. When yeah. I, I was, you know, it was like he was in a rodeo. Yeah, and then Kadri's literally five feet in the air. Yeah, like Kadri weighs 190 pounds. Yeah, but I like how everyone was there, just chirping him, and they're in him. And Kadri's not scared. He plays that game fine, right? Like, no, yeah. he li- see, I think Kadri, why he's good in this role is he likes being the center of attention. Yeah. Like, he likes being in the mix. Mm-hmm. He likes being important. And unless you're dumb, you look at the Leafs and you go, oh, our top center is the 19-year-old. Yeah. So if you want to be important, yeah. you've got to do something else. And he had a fantastic year. Yeah. Yeah, he really did. 30 goals. It was great. Um, so before That's we get route, to... And so the Capitals now go play the Penguins. Yeah, let's, let's... Before we preview the series coming up, we'll get your picks again for... Uh, Doc Oilers, Caps, Pens, uh, Predators, Blues, uh, and Sens Rangers. Before we do that, let's get a little bit into the autopsy of each team that kind of went out. And you tell us what you think they should do or what what needs to be done. Um, we'll go the Leafs. Um, obviously, they're my my guys. I follow them a little closer. Uh, I think they got they need help on the back end a little bit. Zaitsev looks good. Uh, Gardner and Riley are good. JVR's in his last year of the deal. As is Bozak. Do you see one or both of them playing out the string with the Leafs, or do they move those guys? Uh, I think one of them will get moved. Mm-hmm. Not real sure which. I think that'll depend on what they can get. Oh. Who can yeah. who can bring back a defenseman that can play for them? Mm-hmm. But one thing I I you know I mean I think it's pretty obvious they like you know Riley Gardner and Zaitsev. Now Zaitsev has a rumored seven year deal. Yeah, done. what happened to that? I don't know. It just kind of poof. It was gone. Maybe it's not done. Is that the same? Um, Nick Kiprio said that uh, the Kings were moving away from John Stevens. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I, I don't. Say, you know. I no, mean, no. That's, that's for that's for Nick to say, and 
I obviously wasn't right there because Stevens just got a three-year deal. Yeah, no, but, but I'm saying like I've been wrong too in the media, so I'm not. I'm, I'm saying yeah. that, but maybe this was a wrong report. Maybe this was. It, it very easily could be. Yeah. Um, and so, it, but let's assume Zaitsev is back. Okay. That means they have half a defense, right? They, yeah. I, I would I would think they would be interested in bringing back both Polak and Hunwick. Mm-hmm. Um, but would like to slot them even lower. So instead of five and six, they would be six and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Carrick, I'm not real sure about. He didn't, he didn't play much yeah, did um, you, as the playoffs went along. So that, you, that's an interesting point. Do you agree to, with that? To, that he was kind of, I thought he was good. I, that, that you made mention in the broadcast, you're like, hey, Carrick has not seen the ice here. The Leafs yeah. have, have buckled it down. And honestly, Ray, again, I'm just. I'm well, just, but I mean, he's, he's smaller. He has to deal with big forwards. That wasn't the best matchup for him, Washington. Okay. Um, but my point being yep. that I wouldn't think that the Leafs are going to be active free agent-wise right. uh, on the blue line that you're going to see them go after somebody for five years. That makes no sense to me. And the reason it doesn't is because next July, they've got to slide a blank piece of paper across the table to Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have eight years on it. And it's going to have a an empty space in the dollar column. Yeah, and they're going to have to try and figure that out. So, I guess I, I'm saying they have to be somewhat conservative while they improve their blue line. That's a must. Right. Um, now they need a fourth line center. Um, will that be Brian Boyle? I don't think so, but maybe. Um, and if it's not, is it Freddie Goche, or do they want a veteran to compete there too? And so, I mean, those are that's really what I see in Toronto. They're heavy on the wings, yep. um, not so deep in the middle, Did, and um, I, you know, I mean, and they need a, and they need a at least one D. Did you for, um, for this time? Did you see enough from Kapanen to think he can play top three or top, or top two lines? Well, the problem is, yes. I mean, I liked to, I okay. liked him a lot. I, I thought he did a really good job. The problem with it is, so you have Nylander. Mm-hmm. And you have Marner. Well, now where is he going to be? Wouldn't you move Nylander to center, what Babcock was saying about... Well, maybe you do. Okay. But if you do, now that means Bozak's gone. Yeah, true. And if Bozak's gone, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But now you're, for those that are thinking that the Leafs are going to, you know, continue to get better, um, kind of on a, a linear path you're now sticking a guy that hasn't played any center in the NHL as your second-line center. Mm-hmm. You're going backwards while he learns. Yeah. And that's all part of putting your roster together and what they really think of William Nylander. Because if, if Nylander isn't there, who's going to play with Matthews? Yeah. Right? So, you know, I mean, yeah. then, you, then you've got to find somebody to play with Matthews. Matthews needs... You know, he needs somebody like Nylander. I mean, he scored 40 goals. Yeah. Do you think Nylander had anything to do with it? You bet he did. <laughs> well, Zach Hyman's so, there. Zach Hyman's not going anywhere. So. Well, yeah, but the best Leafs team is not Zach Hyman on their top line. Yeah. Now, maybe, maybe Hyman and Nylander play together mm-hmm. on, a, on one line away from Matthews. Well, then you need two guys to play with Matthews. So, but just think of yeah. that. So that's one decision, moving Matthews or I'm sorry, moving Nylander from the wing to center. And look how it's impacted Yeah, everything. basically yeah. The, yeah. the composition of the roster. Are you ready for a hot take? Oh, I can hardly wait. Willie Nylander was the best Leafs forward. In what? In the series. In yeah, the- that's a hot take. It's a wrong take, but what? sure. He was good. He was dangerous, man. I know Matthew's got four goals, but... The stanchion, the, the off the face, you know, all that. Willie Nylander was dangerous, man. But Matthews drives five a lot. In six? In games five and six? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that means he was dangerous in four games. Well, okay. I felt like he was making something happen, Ray, every time. But Matthews uh, drives I, a lot. I, I won't agree right. with you there. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? You're the expert. You are the hockey well, expert. Well, yeah, that's, that's debatable. But um, <laughs> I, I will say um, – you know, like they they looked young at times, mm-hmm. and that's just fine. Like, they, yeah, I don't know how anybody could have any greater expectation for them. And they were. Um, Freddie Anderson was great. Looks great. Yep. They had one bad game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Holtby really struggled until games five and six. 
um, they're they're a good team, and they're and now they got to try and get better. Uh, all right, a series that both you and I got wrong: Habs Rangers. Um, I thought it was. I thought that we talked last week, and you didn't necessarily agree with me. I thought the Habs, you know, could have had a bigger lead after four games than what the, you know was tied two two, and then the next next two games, man, Rangers just uh, Lundqvist was good. What do the Habs got to do? What do they do? Well, here's here's the problem that Montreal has, as mm-hmm. I see it. So Carey Price is going to be a free agent in July of 2018. Yep. Mark Bergevin said at his press conference yesterday that they have every intention of getting him signed. Yep. And Price said he wants to stay. Right. Unrestricted free agents are Radulov and Markov. Mm-hmm. So to make the team no better but the same, they've got to spend a lot of money. Right? Because you've got to get these guys signed, and they're not going to sign for less. Yeah. Like, what does Radulov get? What do you think? He, he came for 5-5? Five, five, five? Four years. I, I'm, I'm thinking you're probably going to have to go four years. Seven? Uh, $26 million. Okay, so just shy of seven, yeah. And, um, and then you have Galchenyuk, who's a restricted free agent. They don't know if he's a winger or a centerman. Right. That's dangerous. You know, because now Galchenyuk's not getting a five-year contract. You know, he's going to get a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. So the reason that Montreal lost, Claude Julien said we had lots of offense and no finish. So they had lots of chances and yeah. they didn't score. I would agree with that. Would you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, next year you got the same guys. <laughs> right. And you're going to have lots of offense and no finish. No finish. So a guy like Ilya Kovalchuk becomes interesting to me. Whoa. Yeah. Kovalchuk okay. wants to come back to the NHL. Is that true? Is that report? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes, okay. absolutely. All right. Okay. And so now New Jersey would have to trade him mm-hmm. if he's going to sign anywhere else. Because he could sign as a free agent if all other teams say, yes, that's fine. They all give their go-ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure they will. No chance. Right. So Jersey's going to get something for him. But wait, I just if I'm Jersey, I just say, yeah, come on back. I, I, maybe. You're not going anywhere. You're playing for New Jersey. We need scoring. We have Mike Camilleri. Yeah, and, yeah but if he says uh, to them, I'm not going to come back to you. And they say, well, then you have to stay. Well, he's already left once. He'll stay. I guess. Yeah. Okay. But if you're Jersey, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you try and flip that to an app for an asset? Yeah. So I don't know what the, even the price range or price market would be on that. Yep. So you played with him, right? But in, in Montreal, in I played with yeah, him. Yeah. I, I, Did you I like him? I think the guy's terrific. Like him a lot. Was he a good dude? He Really good. He always seemed to like... Was he misunderstood, or because he's Russian, or people? Uh, like... I, I think I think people didn't really quite get Kovey. Okay. Um, I think, and I've always said about him, his biggest problem is that to every problem he thinks he's the answer. Oh, okay. So and so, <laughs> the bigger the problem, the harder he tries. Yeah. The harder he tries, sometimes it looks worse and worse. Okay. And you know he's older. I think he's probably you know I I thought yeah. in Jersey before he left he was outstanding. Yeah. And uh, you know, went to the went to the uh, finals with the Devils against mm-hmm. the Kings. Um, he's he's a really good player. Yep. But back to Montreal yeah. is that they don't have a center ice position that you can let, rely on, and they don't score. And so they're saying they're not going to make major changes. Well, if they're not making major changes, then they're not a cup contender. And they they're going to have to find a way to increase the. Um, increase the number of people that can score more easily. And until they do that, it's not going to happen. Remember at the deadline, they added four guys that were tougher and bigger. And I said at the time, what they did was they got four taller guys. They didn't get better. They just got four taller guys. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah, you were kind of, I mean, everyone was like, hey, you need some scoring. You got Steve Ott, you got Dwight King and Andreas Martinson and None of them are going to score. None of them. Yep. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, they have Sergachev coming up, right? And he's a defenseman, correct? Yep. Very good player. So you would move yeah, on from Mark. next year. You What's that? He'll be 20. Yeah. You know, like, it's not like he's going to flip the game on its head, but he will, he will play for Montreal next year. But maybe and, it's, and yeah. I like them a lot. Maybe it's time to move on from Markov, though. I don't know why. Uh, I don't you know. think so. No? I think Markov okay. will be back. Okay. They, where the problems or where they ran out of gas is <laughs> – their third pair, which is Nathan Beaulieu, and then they had either Alexi Yemelin or mm-hmm. um, Brandon Davidson, or 
or Nikita Nesterov, like that pairs, they can't use them. Right. Or they don't have confidence yeah, yeah. to use them. So I would think that's where Sergachev will, will slot in. So we do a Galchenyuk for Colby deal. Yeah. No chance. No? No, you're not trading that much for him. Okay. I mean, how old is Kovacek? How old is he? 32? Yeah. 33? Perfect. He's still young. That's not young anymore. Okay. Yeah, I guess you got a point. You're right. <laughs> hey, you would be a terrible general manager, by the way. If you're willing to trade Galchenyuk for a guy with two I don't years know. left, you're... I don't know what Galchenyuk is, like you said. Like he scored he's... 30 goals last year. I know, but doesn't he seem like... Like he gets like no one like he's always fighting with Montreal or the coaches, nor whether it's Julian or whether it's Terrian. Like they're always. Well, I don't know if he's fighting yeah. with them. Well, I think they'd like more yeah, from him. They, it's always a, like a bit of a controversy. Remember for years that in Toronto that people couldn't stand Cadre. Uh, they always thought that he was yeah. underachieving. And yeah. oh, look at this—he's yeah. twenty-six. Yep. Yeah, Dangerous to give up on a young guy. Yeah. No, you got a point. Um, all right, um, let's move on to the Blackhawks. I was a little shocked at Stan Bowman's end-of-the-season sort of uh, statement. Yeah, they got knocked out in four. It was amazing. The pre- you know, no one picked that at all. Never mind never mind four games. No one picked them to lose, it, period. And Stan Bowman was just like, this is not acceptable. We're not, we're not, it's never going to happen again. We'll do whatever. I mean, I, I don't know if that's all just for the public consumption, but you had a good year in the regular season, the Blackhawks did, and you know, you can't win every year. You have they don't have a ton of depth. They keep pulling these guys out that, you know, Hartman and, and Panarin mm-hmm. a few years ago. You're like, huh? You got two guys making ten and a half and it's tough. It's a tough way to build your team. See, I yeah, that's the problem that other play, teams are gonna have too. I mean, yeah. you know, what when your star players start chewing up that much of your salary cap, yeah. you you've you've really gotta fill in and and, and be successful filling in around them. So what I saw, I did two of those games. Yep. And what I saw is you had a bunch of players that had played 125 playoff games and a bunch of guys that had played five, Mm -hmm. like nothing in the middle. And so I would think as they're looking at that team, like guys like Hartman and Schmaltz, um, uh, Tanner Carroll, uh, Richard Panic, those guys will be better, I would think, with a little more experience. Next year, yep. Like that's that's my view. Their problem on the blue line, they got a real problem. Uh, Brent Seabrook looks slow. He's 32 years old in April. Mm-hmm. He's got about five years left on his contract. Yep. Like, what are you going to do? You know, you got Duncan Keith and Joel Merson. After that, it's like you know they brought back Johnny oh, Oduya. Yeah, they brought back Brian Campbell. They brought in Michael Kempney from the Czech Republic, and you're just kind of like, and you got uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. You're kind of I don't know. You're just trying to piece it together and hang yep. on together. Yep. They've they've been ravaged by their success. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to carry on. And eventually, we saw in Detroit that all good things come to an end. And in Chicago, they're going to have to make some changes for sure. Yep. The problem is, how do you go make the changes? Yeah. Maybe their most easily tradable and most marketable player is Corey Crawford. And so. It, because they've got to free up cap room to bring players in. Mm-hmm. Now, can they get by with Scott Darling in goal? Yeah. And if they move Crawford, well, what if they what if they move Crawford and get a couple of like a player and a pick back and a high pick, and then they flip the pick for a player, and so for the same money you're paying Crawford five point five million, you might be able to fill in a couple of spots yeah. that you really need help. Yeah, and and Darling's new deal won't be any more than that. It might even be less, right? He's UFA, oh, it's going to be less for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it would be less in Chicago, and if it's not, then they would uh, they would go ahead and and um, uh, you know and yeah. and move on from him. Yeah, and keep, they wouldn't be keep able Crawford, to. Right, yeah. They wouldn't be able to. To to <laughs> there would be no point yeah. in having a goalie making the is, same as Crawford. Is uh, is what Stan Bowman said? Does that matter to you or is it just all window dressing to the public to the fans no, it doesn't matter to me i okay. mean now right. he fired mike kitchen i saw that <laughs> who is quenville's longtime friend and assistant coach there's always been an uneasiness mm-hmm. in the chicago front office and there's always these internal battles and power struggles that are going on and this is interesting even yeah. though it might just seem to most people like an assistant coach but him so, and him and q are tight 
Very tight. They've been they played together with the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. 150 years ago. Right. They coached in St. Louis for years together. Mm-hmm. Joel came to Chicago. He brought Kitch with him. Yep. So very very interesting dynamic. Now we'll see who the new assistant coach is. Yeah. And yeah. what that might look like. If he's a Bowman guy, you're like, wait a minute. Right. Well, yeah. Then you're you know I mean then yep. you're you can see where things yep. start to get uneasy. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, San Jose um, routed the Oilers seven nothing. Looked good. Like okay. Like you know they're they're back and it's going to be a great series. And then the Oilers kind of said no no. And without Connor McDavid, without a lot of help from Connor McDavid, which I was surprised at. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you know you saw the a team that's deeper and stronger than mm-hmm. they've been before. Yep. Um, they had better goaltending than they've had in forever. <laughs> right. Cam Talbot had a outstanding series and. What a great trade a couple of years ago when the Oilers traded three draft picks for Talbot. Yeah. And, yeah. and look, at, you know, I mean, he's yep. over 60 games. He's a, had, a, had an, an amazing season. And even the guy on the yeah. other end, Martin Jones, was another kid that you're like, is he ready? Can he do it? it, it and he's good also. He's you know? really good. Yep. He's yep. really good. Yep. And the fact of the matter is San Jose wasn't able to create enough chances. I think their lack of speed probably caught up to them a bit. Uh, you know, uh, Couture was Couture, playing with yeah. his mouth rearranged. Right. Which and, must have just felt terrible. Okay, he took and the, then Joe Thornton's released yesterday played with a torn ACL and uh, uh, in his knee for the you know, for the games that he played in the playoffs. And an MCL, I believe. And MCL. Now right. I, my last playoff series, um, I was with St. Louis and in game one, uh, Chris Draper hit me low along the boards and I tore my ACL. Mm-hmm. Now I'd had a bunch of problems with my knee anyway. But anyway, we we had two games between, uh, or two, two days, days yeah. between game one and two. Went back to St. Louis, uh, had an MRI, um, so it's torn, yep. um, and but it was already damaged. So you know, do you want to try it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I threw a brace on and I played the rest of the series. Yep. And you know, same as Joe. I mean, like you can do it for a short period of time. Yep. But so he wasn't probably as effective. As as he would have normally been, uh, but now San Jose's got you know Thornton and Marlowe are unrestricted at the at now you know now at the end of the year. Yep. What do they do with them? Yeah, like, do you yeah. do you sign going forward? Do what, you what let do you, them go? What do you, you know, do? They're thirty seven and eight yeah. years old. What do you do? Well, I, I, if I'm going to sign them, it's going to be for low money. Yep. Or I'm sorry, for low years. Yep. Um. You know, I'm not because now they're going to be past 35. So it counts. Um, yeah, it all counts. You can't buy them out. Yeah. So I, I would be unlikely to bring both back. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um. All right. Uh, Calgary. Brian Elliott let them down. We talked about this last week. Cause I think they were already done by then. What do they do? What do they do going forward? Ben Bishop, obviously, linked to them before. Linked to them again. He's unrestricted. Uh, I imagine Darling could get looked at for that spot. Um, what do you do if you're Calgary? Sure. I, I mean, I, th- I think they'll have a different goalie. Yep. Um, it, you know, we, we talked, I think, a bit, a bit about this last week, that it, like in baseball, some pitchers just don't match up yeah. against another team, or some hitter just cannot hit a certain pitcher, and they take them out of the lineup. Brian Elliott's record going into the playoffs against against Anaheim was dreadful. <laughs> and then they went into the playoffs and he was dreadful. Like 88% save percentage. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of maybe it's just a bad matchup for him. I I don't I don't know particularly how that is, but there's some teams that you just like I never played well against Buffalo. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I didn't. Well, Elliott had a brutal series, and, and I think there'll be a change in goal. Now, I, I like Calgary. I think they've yep. done a lot of really good things to, to improve their team. They've got a really good defense. Um, uh, they're mobile. They can pass the puck. They can create some offense. But they're, you know, I mean, they took a big step this year, and we'll, we'll see what the next step looks like for them. The first step is they've got to either get Brad Treliving, their general manager, signed, or they're going to need a new general manager. That's a weird I situation, think right? I think it's a comedy if they don't sign Trelimming. Well, why wouldn't they have done that already? Really weird. Really weird. I don't know. Burke said, hey, I, we're waiting. Everybody's happy. We're just going to wait. But uh, it's not how anybody yeah, does I think it. there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen there. Yeah, yeah. And 
um, you know, and I, I think Brad Trilliving deserves an extension because I think he did a great job. Right. I think he did a really, really great job in turning that team, uh, turning direction of that team um, in, in rather short order. Right. Uh, Boston Bruins eliminated by the Ottawa Senators in overtime on a, on a power play. By the way, Ray, I, I think I've been meaning to ask you this. In your day, and even maybe after your day, you could you would pretty much have to shoot somebody in an overtime of a playoff game to get a power play. I don't I don't know what you would have to do to actually get something called. It just never happened. And now in 2017 and, and for a number of years, they call them pretty they they call them by the uh, book. It depends on the game. That you yeah. know, it depends on Now I didn't like the Riley Nash penalty. Mhm. Um but it's a penalty. Yeah. But it, it but I can see if they if they would have just let that go, I I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. Yeah, yeah. But Pasternak it, tackled MacArthur going into the zone. Mm-hmm. Like that said, he made yeah. a dumb play. I don't know what he was thinking. Yep. But they're going to call plays where there is a potential scoring chance. Pasternak made a mistake, and then the power. And then Ottawa wins in the power play goal by Clark MacArthur, which, by the way, good for him because. Yeah. He's had a brutal time of it the last two years with all kinds of concussion issues, and um, I'm uh, uh, I was really happy that that he was yeah. able to be successful. Always seemed like a uh, good dude. Played for the Leafs for a couple years. He's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. He's a terrific guy. And the uh, the other part is the Bruins. I think had an excellent season. Uh, surprised me making the playoffs. I had them just outside. Yeah. Um, but you know Charlie McAvoy looks like he's he's a stud. Uh, on the blue line, but yep. they played without Tory Krug. Mm-hmm. They played without Brandon Carlo. Uh, David Krejci was just a shell, and they, you know, yep. and there they are in Game Six. That's what happens? And so right? I, I think all in all, a, a good season for the Bruins, and they'll continue to get a lot of their younger, uh, impressive prospects into their lineup. I'm waiting for the Cam Neely explosion at any point here. <laughs> well, I'm sure Don Sweeney will have his press conference, and then two days later, Cam will come out with the owner's son, Charlie Jacobs, and they'll have their press conference. And they'll start yelling and screaming. Yeah, exactly. It just, uh, I don't get it. It's, it's, yeah. it, looks, it looks and is dysfunctional yeah. like that. Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Minnesota Wild, I like Boost Boudreaux. I really like him. He seems like a good dude. He seems funny. The team had an all-time season this year. And Devin Dubnik continued i thought didn't play that well from what the games i watched and it kind of this in the stretch run he didn't play that well and um you know eric Stahl, of course was out in that last game there but um yeah i don't know um i feel bad for bruce i really do yeah uh terribly disappointing year for them or, or finish finish for yeah, them yep. um after after the season that they had which was you know just uh, on on many levels the best season they've they've ever had in yeah. in minnesota and you know you you bring up um, Dubnik, and Dubnik got off to such an amazing start uh, to the season. Like, just yep. just amazing. Um, since February 1st, uh, he had a goals against average of almost three, and his save percentage was 904. That was the second worst of the 16 starters in the playoffs. Oh, I did not know that. Nice work on and those since, guys. Yeah. And, since, and as the playoffs turned out, he wasn't much better. He yeah. got outplayed by Jake Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blues, the Blues played a a pretty good series, I would say, but Minnesota had all kinds of puck possession, all kinds of chances. They couldn't score, and now Minnesota seems like they're back to the drawing board a little bit. It's yeah. really it was surprising to me. I I thought their year was surprising, you know. Overall, I'm like, look, look at these guys. Like when I look at their, down their list of scores and the games, I'm like, wow, these guys are, you know, you know, like they're. You know, Eric Stahl got hurt in the last game, and hopefully he's okay. That was a brutal-looking crash into the boards. But when they acquired Michael Hanzus, to me, mm-hmm. it seemed like they had the three, the same guy at center three times. <laughs> Koivu, Stahl, and then and Hanzus. And Hanzus. <laughs> I'm like, it's the same guy. And so I don't know if that helped fill out their roster, but, I mean, they took a swing because they had a really good year and they feel that they've got a very good team. And, and how could you debate that? Yeah. Now, it'll, like everybody, it's going to be interesting – who do they lose in the expansion draft? What do they do in the off season? Um, you know, how do they make their team better? But you're, you're right. I mean, Bruce Boudreaux has had all kinds of regular season mm-hmm. success and zero, um, zero 
uh, postseason yep. success. He he stays though, right? There's no way they let him. Well, he's got four years left on his contract. Yeah, but he stays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, <clears throat> right. he stays. Um, all right, let's get into some uh, predictions for round two. Here we go. Um, let's let's start with the Blues. We we're just talking about them. Uh, Nashville Predators, St. Louis Blues, um, first round, both. Both teams look great. Uh, Predators, I was blown away by them. Again, you did a couple of their games, uh, and I watched uh, both of those ones you did because I knew we were doing this pod. And they look amazing. They look fast. Pecorene was great. Like you said, their back end, stretch passes all day long for days. Um, so yeah. I, I didn't watch as much as the Wild and Blues as, uh, as, I, I, you know, as probably you did or, or, or maybe some people listening to the podcast. So what do you think? See, I think this is one of the – the tougher series uh, for me to call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I can see where the, you know, I can make a case that, man, you know, the where the problem spots would be for Nashville or the problem spots would be um, uh, for the Blues. But I'm like, man, they're, they're really evenly matched teams. And so I, I'm going to take Nashville. Um, I don't know that Jake Allen will outplay Rene, mm-hmm. and I don't know why because Rene's had his ups and downs in the playoffs, but Nashville just looked like everything was oiled. You know, like it yeah. just looked yeah. smooth. It looked right. Uh, they play their top four defense a lot. They all play um, over twenty minutes. Um, the the top pair is uh, Roman Yossi, who if people don't know much about him, watch him. The guy's fantastic. He plays with Ryan Ellis, who looks like an 1850s general, <laughs> like he should be out rolling around in the mud. He's got the long beard, and, yeah. you know. Um, and so that's their top pair. And then Matthias Ekholm and, and P.K. Subban are their mm-hmm. second pair. Mobile, they can move the puck. I think it'll be tough for St. Louis to generate offense. I'm going to take Nashville in that series. Okay. Um, Oilers, uh, Ducks. God, I want the Oilers to turn it on and win, and not 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 being a Canadian homer, like whatever. Like I do want to see yeah, Canadian. I, I don't know. I just I want. I don't like the Ducks. I don't like Kessler. I don't like the game he plays. He seems really funny, like in interviews. But God, I don't like the way he plays, and 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 Corey Perry. No, I don't. Yeah, like I, I know you don't. You know they're they're not an easy team to love. No, they're not. And Randy, and, Randy, they're good. Randy. I, mean, I don't like Randy right from coach. the coach out. You know they're they're abrasive. They're right. um, they they play a style that you know that that a lot of people don't like. And the Oilers are interesting are fun, and fast, and exciting. And, and, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and so, but I I think that I think Anaheim's going to win. You do, and I yep. think they're going to win in five or six. Oh no way! Really? Yeah, you think it's going to be yeah, short? But I yep. but same sort of thing though that I thought with Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like you can lose in five games and every game be yep. tooth and nail. Right. And so, whether in my opinion, whether it's five or six, I think it is. Right. It is tooth and nail type games. I read. A pre- I think it's really close. Yep. Um, I just, I just think Anaheim's got too much right now. I read a preview where they're like Kessler's going to be shutting down Connor McDavid, and I said, "How's he going to keep up with him?" Well, okay, but so this is what I think of, okay. on that matchup. All right. Um, so first of all, it's not just going to be Kessler line against them. I think they'll play Getzlaff against them at some time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Getzlaff's not an easy guy to play against either. Yep. He's big and, you know, he's, he, can, he can control the pocket, which if he's got the pocket, it doesn't matter how good McDavid is. That means McDavid doesn't have it. But if, if Kessler's on the ice, um, I think you'll see Cogliano near him a lot because yeah. Cogliano yeah, he, can really he can skate. skate. Yeah, he can skate. And where the real, where the people in Edmonton are going to really hate Kessler is when the whistle stops play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're going to hate exactly. that Kessler's going to get inside of McDavid's jersey. You must know Ryan pretty well from the Vancouver days. I, I don't know him well at all. Oh, okay. Um, what I do know is he's he's always you know when I talk to him when I've seen him, mm-hmm. um, you know he's always a good guy to talk to. He's entertaining. And, yes, yes. Um, you know I, I like him. I don't, you know, I don't deal with him on a daily basis. I don't, yeah. you know, I never played with him, of course. Um, he'd be a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think, I think Anaheim is their defense is so mobile. Um, I, I think they're going to get Vatnin and Fowler back, and that's going to be a problem for Edmonton. So I, I'm going to take Edmund, or yeah. Anaheim in five or six. Uh, Josh Manson played pretty well in that really series. Really good player. When yeah. I mentioned Josh Manson as a leaf possibility. 
um, as they, when the Leafs were talking about acquiring a defenseman or the media, yeah, right. we were talking about it, and people were like, well, what's he do? I'm like, uh, Josh Manson is good. Yeah. He can move the puck. He can shoot it. He's tough. I, I really like him. He's like, he's Dave's kid, of course. But but he's not Dave, thankfully, for the rest of the league. Dave was a <laughs> Dave was a he scared the hell out of me. He was a very scary man. He was. Yeah. Um, but he yeah he's got some skills unlike Dave. Like well Dave did too. Dave had a good uh, shot. Dave was yeah. a good player. Dave had Dave, a good shot. Dave was not just yep. a terrifying person, but he was a terrifying person. <laughs> I uh, I helped him out with some dirt bike parts. Dave Manson through a mutual oh, yeah? friend in Saskatchewan. Yeah, for one for Josh's brother and. Uh, so then I talked to him a little bit here and there, and he seems like a very nice man. He's a re- he's, yeah, everybody says he's a really good guy. I don't care. When I was in front of the net, he, he used to cross-check me and anyone else that happened to stand there until he got tired. <laughs> yes, he was very, very hard to play against. Yeah. I, was, I was debating in my mind, like, is this Dave Manson, this nice guy on the phone right here? That is him. Um, all right. Um, we'll save the best series for last, I think. So let's go Rangers-Senators. Um, what do you think? You know, it's really interesting to me that, you know, a trade that happens eight months ago that you just read and you go, oh, that's interesting. Now you come back in the playoffs and Mika Zibanejad for Derek Broussard becomes a focal point of this series. Yeah, interesting. I forgot about that, actually. I totally forgot. You you know, and so Derek Broussard, who had the reputation, they called him Big Game Brass in uh, in New York. He got traded and they bring in Zibanejad, who had a terrible start to the series against Montreal, came on late. Broussard ended up with eight points in the six games, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to be fired up to go back to New York. Um, I, I do, as people probably know, I do like 25 Senator games a mm-hmm. year, and I've got a lot of respect for the way that, um, that they just find a way. Yeah, Whatever it is, they find a way. Now, I think New York's going to be a little bit too much for them, um, but this will be a low-scoring Lots of two one three two games. I yep. think New York wins in six. Uh, Bobby Ryan's back. He's back. Well, he he took seven months off. <laughs> you know, like I mean, he had a brutal year. <laughs> he and did, yeah. I now if I'm if I'm coaching the Senators mm-hmm. and I'm I'm taking video and showing Ryan video of a game of his or five games of his in January, right. And then I'm showing him the five games here. And I'm going to say, you tell me the difference. And the difference is, in January, he was on the outside of the play all of the time. And now he's on the inside of the play. He gets inside the dots. He gets inside the hash marks. Look at where his goals have been. He got three that I remember in the first round. One was a beautiful play off the wall that he beaked and drove hard to the net, Mm -hmm. got across the net and scored. Uh, one was a deflection that hit his stick in the last game and went in. One was the overtime, a deflection from the top of the crease. Get to the front of the net. Yeah. There's an old saying, right? If you want to, if you want a haircut, go to a barber. If you want a steak, go to a butcher. <laughs> if you want goals, go to the front of the net. Right. Um, hey, uh, you called some of those uh, Habs Rangers games, and you made a mention last week. You're like, I thought Rick Nash was was really good in the last game. I think it was Game Four when we Game Four. He was awesome. Okay. I thought he carried that on. I noticed him way more yes. in those games. Like, for whatever reason, Rick Nash became Rick Nash. You know, it's funny, Steve. I don't, as you know, I don't necessarily cheer for, right. you know, I just do the game. Yeah. When I, I do cheer for guys that I've met um, <laughs> that, that, you know, have given me a good impression yeah. of yeah. just the way they are. Rick Nash is one of those guys. Like, when he does well, I'm like, well, and I don't even really know him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, good for him. Right. He seems really honest and really fair and really earnest about what he's doing, and he really wants to do well. Yeah. And he had, his reputation was not great uh, for a playoff performer right. early in his career. That's changed a little bit. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at him and I go, that's what Rick Nash should be. So hey, I'm with you. Don't you just hear these stories about guys that, you, like you said, like, again, I cover the, the, the Supercross, Motocross world. There's some guys I don't really know, but there's lots of douchebag stories about them. You know, yep. and you're like, ah, okay, whatever. Like, I, you know, he's never done anything to me, but I've kind of heard a lot about him. And then there's guys that everyone has nice things to say about. And you're like, I want to see that guy succeed. He's a good dude. And, and you don't even necessarily, you don't even really know them no. other than to yeah. say hi. Right. Yeah. Let's say, yeah. What's and going you're on? like, 
I don't, the guy's a good, you know, he seems like a really good guy. He looks, man, he's gone, he's yep. had a tough go of it here, man. Well, I'd like him yep. to do well. Yeah. So you got Rangers in six. Is that what you said? Rangers in six. Yep. Um, all right, Caps, Pens. Um, I see this. Uh, so Latang is still out for the for the Penguins. Uh, is Flurry? Does he have the ball now? Is like is Matt well, Murray? I mean, Matt Murray hasn't even skated yet. Oh, okay. So he's not even skating. All right. I didn't. I didn't no. heard anything about that. So this is Flurry's. This is Flurry's playoff, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. For now. <laughs> yeah. Ice. Uh, uh, Phil. Phil has been on it. Phil's been playing well. Yep. Um, this is this a, is this a little bit like the Leafs series, Ray? In the sense, I see Pittsburgh being a faster team than the Capitals. Yeah, so you, so what do you, have you picked the team to win? Yeah, have you picked the team to win the series? No, I'm not. Okay, wait, I, I might surprise you because I want to hear because uh, you're smarter than me, so I want to hear what you got to say, and then I'll tell all my buddies this is what I pick. Oh, so. no, don't do that. I was five <laughs> and three in the first round. I don't know. What to, I am not going to get surprised about the Penguins again. Yeah, um, I think the Penguins are going to beat them in five. Jeez. Okay. Um, and the reason that I say that mm-hmm. is just what I watched in this Toronto series. At no point did I did I think, wow, they're really taking this over. Yeah. No, I agree. And and I think I think Pittsburgh has I, I don't know, there's just something about Pittsburgh. Yeah. I look at them I, and I'm I, like, you know what? They're 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 not they're not gonna get beat here. I look at them and go, Who are all these guys? Well, yeah, but yeah. we said that last year. We didn't know who Connor Sheary was, and we didn't know who... Um, I don't know who Jake Gunsel is. I don't know. Yeah, well, that, No, but last year it was <laughs> Sheary and Rust, and right. you knew who they were when they put the Stanley Cup over their head. Yeah. And now Jake Gensel's got five goals. Honestly, who's Jake Gensel, Ray? What, what is his deal? He's a person who's got five goals. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything about him before this year either. I'm like, who the hell is he? Right. But it's a, that's a team that is drafted for the way that they want to play, mm-hmm. and they've been able to plug guys in. I mean, they've had a just a crazy amount of injuries. Yeah. Like you, you're almost like this. They they got nobody left. Oh, here's this guy. Yep. They say he's doing well in the minors. I don't even know who he is. They brought him up, and oh, mm-hmm. he's good too. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. So I I just. I don't know. I just I think there's something here, Steve, that that I, w- I won't say disturbed because I'm not disturbed about how a team plays. <laughs> yeah, at all. I don't care. It doesn't bother um, you that much, it, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it disturbed me about the way that the Capitals played. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if they can catch a gear that they need to catch that they're going to have to catch to get to the Penguins. Um, yeah, it's going to be. It, so do you see this? Uh, so my analysis, Ray, is kind of right. You see this playing out yeah. a little bit like the, like the the Penguins are a better team than the Leafs, but same kind of problems are going to face the Capitals. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and so like, you know, I I think Nick Backstrom is is a hell of a player. I really do. Yeah, I I'm still reeling out. from your hot take of that last week. Well, he's, well, he he is the best player on that team, and. Except now they've got to play in the middle of the ice because Netsoff and and Backstrom they've got to play Crosby and Malkin. Yep. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Right. And so you know, I that 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 puts them in a deficit position in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see. I mean, yep. that that to me is the path. For, they've got to outplay Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. Can they do it? If they do. Then they got a chance, and yep. if they don't, um, I don't. I don't think they have a chance at all. So you're shaping up, Ray, roughly to a Penguins Ducks final. Penguins beat the yeah. Rangers. Ducks beat the uh, Preds. Anaheim Pittsburgh final. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now. Right, right. And of course, that'll be subject to change by next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, everything will change. I feel so sure about it. <laughs> let's uh, let's evaluate this before I go to Paris next week. How many jerk offs on Twitter like hold you to your playoff predictions and, and rub it in your face? Well, it's, yeah. it's some guys tweet. I'm like, I know. so what? Where were you before? You didn't say anything. <laughs> I know, right? The guys like, that are ragging you, they're they're a fan of the team you didn't pick. Yeah, I get that. Sure, yeah, it's okay. fun to say, hey, dumb dumb. I thought you were supposed to know, right. but um, all right, a couple things to wrap up here on the Paul Pocky podcast with the great Ray Ferraro. Over 400 goals in the NHL, people. That's that's a lot. Um, uh, Travis Green, 
reports are he's got yeah. the Canucks job? Is that what you're hearing? That's what we are, and um, I I think Travis will do a very good job. Be smart. Um, uh, he's progressive. Yep. Uh, what's really interesting about Travis, I've known him, you know, known him a long time. He's from Castlegar, BC. It's For, a, former Maple Leaf, by the way. Yeah, but he's he's from Castlegar, BC, which is twenty miles from where I grew up in Trail. So I'm a little bit older. And so, you know, I always knew about this young kid in Castlegar that was yep. a big scorer and a really good player. And then he went to Spokane in the Western League, and he was a 50-goal scorer. And so Travis was always an offensive player. Yep. He never had much of a reputation of, of working hard. So he gets to New York, and Al Arbor says to him, basically, see those two guys over there? And it was Pierre Turgeon and myself. Mm-hmm. Those are our top two centers. If you want to play, you better learn to check. <laughs> And so in 1993... Or you're going to be with Claire. (laughs) Yeah. And so in 1993, when we went to the semifinals, Travis had evolved into being our checking centerman. He played nose-to-nose with Mario Lemieux in that series. And so somewhere in the the whole mix of things, Mm -hmm. Greeny learned the value of work. He learned the value of being a top six forward and what a bottom six forward does. So I... It's a long way of saying that he's got a really good feel mm-hmm. for what both sides of the equation might look like. And I think that's going to be really helpful in Vancouver for him. I feel like in his playing career, I think it was with the Ducks and the Leafs, more that era after he moved on from the Islanders, I feel like the media kind of didn't like him. Did they, did he, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I feel like they always were like, oh, Travis, like, was he a jerk to these guys sometimes? Uh, well, he might have been. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I yeah, wasn't yeah. around. Greeny's got a he's, – he's rather blunt. Yeah, okay. Maybe that was – so, you know, maybe that might have been the way. I, I don't – Yeah. I don't I just, know. I mean, those Leaf teams at that time, they weren't um, – they weren't notable for having a bunch of great, pleasant people on Yeah, yeah. Right, like they, that, yeah. but that was the way they played. That's Corson, the way they were. And, Corson Tucker, yeah, yeah, I got it. Right. You know, yep. so that was kind of the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, okay, before we wrap up, Ray, I was alerted to this on your Twitter feed. Uh, you retweeted or you talked, you, you quoted it or something. So you had a stretch where you scored two OT goals in a row or a winning goal in a row, and you assisted on the other. What What was this about? I don't remember this. Yeah, in 1993, yeah, in the in first round run. against Washington, yeah. we. Lost the first game 3-1. Yep. We won the next game in overtime. Um, Brian Mullen uh, came across the, the slot and shot it, and the goalie made the save, and I went to the net and jabbed the puck in. You want to get goals. gave the goal to Mully. Yeah. And, of course, at the time, nobody, you know, we don't care. Yeah, you right. just like, you know, I mean, I, I poked it in, but mm-hmm. I got an assist as when it was being announced, but Brian got the goal. Yep. So then we go to New York for game three, and I scored in overtime. And then we are in game four in New York, and I scored in overtime again. And so, you know, we go on to win the series. And yeah. later on, I re, you know, somebody points out to me, had that goal been credited to me. Right. Which 100% you touched it? Like 100, no, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, pushed yeah. it in. Okay, yeah. Without but it, it was chaotic and, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, but. the way it is. So there's only one other guy that scored three overtime goals in one playoff series, and that his name is Mel. His nickname was Sudden Death. Mel yeah, Sudden yeah, Death right. Hill. That's right. For the yeah. Boston Bruins. Yeah, yeah, I remember that name. But so I did it in '93. But but you know, Mully got credit for the for the first goal and what a you know, what a, way what a run, years. what a stretch. Yeah, you didn't it care was, that much. And, and as yeah. I said, it was the best five days. An incredible, yeah. incredible. Yeah, you, you told us about how you came back late from the season. We retreated the hockey card last week, yep. but you forgot that part of the story when you were telling us. Well, about this yeah, story. I mean, like, but it, you know, sure. <laughs> it, but it, Steve, it was like, it was such a great six weeks. Yeah. There were so many great things in it. And there was lots of hard times, too, when you're down in a series and you're, you're fighting to stay alive and, yep. you know, you're just, you're so bone tired. And I, I think that's, you know, we got... We won the second round, so we went to the semifinal. Yep. When you think of it, you're only halfway home. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and we just ran flat out of gas. Yep. That was it. We were done. Yep. Well, I was tweeting about it, too. Like, it just seemed like the Habs were the team of destiny also. God, they, oh, kept, yeah. they kept putting in overtime. I think they won 10 oh, that year. Just... They beat us twice in, the, mm-hmm. um, in overtime in that series, and 
one of one of the uh, one of the goals they had about nine guys on the ice, but it was like <laughs> it, my point being, yeah, it was their year. They, they called the illegal stick penalty on the Kings in the final. Yeah, game I mean, like two. they just right. it was it was right. their year. Yep. Should have been the Leafs if it wasn't for Carey Fraser, but that's a whole other podcast. No, it wasn't. Yeah. They lost. They get it's old. And then, then when they had the game at home, they what did Gretzky get like eleven goals? That yeah, game? yeah, yeah. He said it was the greatest game he's ever played. He said that. Oh, well, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Thanks a lot, Wayne. Um, all right. Well, uh, Ray. So we're going to get one pot in next week before you leave. Hopefully, I don't well, know. I'm leaving Tuesday, so that okay. leaves Monday. We'll try to get it in Monday, and then we're going to do them from over there. I hope. I don't know what your schedule is, but you're nine hours ahead. We'll, we'll, we'll figure we'll, it out. Yeah, we'll squeeze it in somewhere. Um, awesome. Thanks for your insight. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, enjoy your time off before you leave. It's very rare for you to have you know like a week off here. So enjoy. Oh, I'm enjoying it. Yes, absolutely. Enjoy that. And uh, Paul Pock, everybody. Thanks very much. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll check in next week when we're a few games into the second round.